Welcome to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Deerwood Performance, Albuquerque Driveway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene. Whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing, or park and shine, if you are into it, we are into it. Now, here is your host, David Swope. Good morning. It's Saturday morning. That means it's time for the New Mexico Motorsports Report. I'm your host, David Swope, and we'll be talking about automotive and related motorsports activities around the state and on the national scene, whether it has two wheels or four, asphalt or dirt track racing, off-road or park and shine. We'll be talking about it. This is New Mexico's only show devoted to motorsports-related activities for the full hour here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. And uh, a lot going on. I mean, uh, as a matter of fact, I've got a, got a full house this morning. we got uh, uh, Dan on the board, Spencer's in, and, of course, uh, uh, RJ with the uh, calendar. Uh, thank you all for coming out this morning. I mean, Spencer, we got some breaking news. Big time breaking news this morning. If you, in fact, did miss it last night, that, of course, is Chase Elliott, driver of the Hendrick Motorsports number 9 Chevrolet, not going to be racing this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway due to an accident while snowboarding yesterday in Colorado and had a leg injury that he went into surgery for last night. Still waiting on updates this morning from the team. Sounds pretty... Uh, pretty bad though, Dave. It's not sounding too good for the driver of the number nine. Well, I think that that uh, that little uh, drop that we had for the breaking news, um, the length of that, um, it's no longer breaking news. I mean, you know, because literally, yeah. I'm, I'm just joking. Because it was like last, like you said yesterday. Is that even? Oh, it always. <laughs> and so uh, we, we in today's day and age, I mean, breaking news is what you, you, you said like thirty minutes. You know, we were talking like maybe 30 yeah, minutes. I, I, I would guess 30 minutes. I, I mean, guess if it's on Twitter, it's no longer breaking. Within an hour, right? right? Nowadays, with social media, it, it might be five minutes. I don't know. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, just wanted to let everybody know that, once again, Chase Elliott will miss the race this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway uh, due to what the team's calling a leg injury. They weren't too specific. Yeah. We know it's not a knee injury. We know it is a leg injury, and it needed um, to... They, the doctors needed to go in and do surgery on it. So, uh, assumption, I, I've heard a lot of rumors, leg break, I, I think snowboarding, that would be something that would be understandable. Yeah. Um, but, man, what what a complete heartbreak for that entire team. And to add on to that, uh, there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. The whole team still has something to look forward to this weekend as Josh Berry, yeah. their Xfinity Series driver for Junior Motorsports, uh, he will step behind the wheel of the number nine this weekend, and that just may move that timetable up because we know that uh, uh, they were grooming him for that. As a matter of fact, they always talk around whether that's going to be when Dale Jr. actually ha- brings a Cup car um, forward and has the Cup team. Uh, but going to be interesting uh, to see. Likewise, I wonder. You know, I mean, when Kyle Busch had his leg injury and then ended up, you know, getting that waiver. I- I'm not sure NASCAR is going to be as interested in a waiver um, when you're off snowboarding. I don't know. I uh, that's a tough call, right? Yeah. Because number one, did it happen in a sanctioned race? No, it did not. It, right. it happened um, truthfully be- because Chase Elliott was doing what I would call, and, and this is going to sound bad, so I don't want it to sound as bad as it does. But dude, please uh, make it sound bad. A, a selfish thing by <laughs> by going out and and snowboarding and what 
a lot of people would assume is goofing off. The difficult thing, though, is people don't understand. These drivers are behind the wheel and at their job basically every single weekend yeah. from the second we go into the clash all the way until basically mid-November when we end at Phoenix Raceway. They have one weekend off of the entire year. Right. So everybody is really digging on Chase Elliott for doing this. How, how can you screw up the whole year for your team? How can you... How can you be so selfish and, and do that? I mean, look at yourself, though, in the mirror. Have you never had a day off from work? Have you never been able uh, to go on a vacation? I mean, <laughs> some people like you, Dave. But, I, I'm good. But likely, like, you have to understand that this is a, a young kid yeah. still at the end of the day. I believe he's, what, 26 years old? Yeah. He's, he's a kid. You've got to let him still live life. Right. Everybody holds him to such a high standard because he's the most popular driver in the NASCAR Cup Series. And he should be held to that standard because he yeah. has a lot of fans and a lot of personnel that depend on him. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to live life, too. Well, and it's so unfortunate that this happened. Well, uh, not to be counter to you other than I always am, um, I played JV baseball in high school and was not allowed to go skiing, right? You know, because they're like, if you break, you know, you break something or whatever, then you're off the team. I mean, Dan's just shaking, shaking his head like, like crazy on that one. I mean, I mean, what are your thoughts about you just signed, you know, like, you know, a, a two-time Cy Young winner, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, he's, he's playing pickup ball and ends up getting hurt. Right. Well, lots, lots of sports, you know, these professional sports have rules, have stipulations for their players, like what, they are aren't allowed to do, and that that makes sense. There's plenty of ex- examples in baseball, like uh, Fernando Tatis before all of the PED stuff. He was riding a motorcycle. Right. He gets dumped on all the time for that, and I think rightfully so. You know, if you're a three hundred million dollar man, you take <laughs> care of yourself. Right. That being said, there's athletes get hurt doing dumb things that aren't even their fault all the time. Guys punch walls. Guys run into walls. Guys smack their heads on whatever. Right. All the time. You know. Yeah, RJ, okay, remind me of, of the guy that lost a couple of fingers with fireworks. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who was a pass rusher for the Giants at the time. Yeah, I mean, can, can you imagine, I mean, I mean, stuff like that, yeah, it, it, and you're right, you're right, I mean, you know, because, you know, he could have gone out and had some, had some fun, nothing happened, we wouldn't even be talking about this, um, but the odds makers had him win in the championship. And now that that's going to change a whole lot of things. Or I wish I would have put my money down. What was it? Uh, four four thousand to win or something. Four thousand uh, for Kyle Busch for, to sweep this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know he's already. I should have put some money down in there. I mean, even a hundred bucks is like four thousand bucks. You know. So um, once again, I don't know how the whole betting thing works. So I might have been wrong on the payout, but uh, that was who I thought it was. How many legs on the parlay was uh, Chase Elliott for breaking his? Uh, that one, a little too much on that one, but no, breaking his is a little tough. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's jump into some Law Tigers event calendar. Um, a lot of a lot of things are getting fired up today. I mean, Albuquerque Dragway, uh, you got Street to Strip uh, at eleven o'clock, um, and they're going to back it up. They're going to do a back to back Street to Strip, so this is a perfect time to get out there, um, do some test and tune because the season's only like two weeks away from the first bracket race. Sandia Speedway, uh, they're drifting today. Uh, the Whiskey Garage Drift Series uh, gets started at noon. Uh, test and tune out there. Uh, also, keep your eye out for uh, coming up on the 18th, the ABQ Super Lap. 
um, is going to be going out on, on the road course there. Uh, also, cleanup day on the dirt track um, out today? there today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I hope they they get a good turnout. I mean, they were feeling a little uh, a little underappreciated because of the uh, number of uh, drift guys that showed up to uh, clean up the drift track. Uh, but remember, you heard any talk? I mean, there's people going out. Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot of talk, but then again, I haven't really been paying a whole lot of attention to the Facebook pages. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you know, it's really interesting you said that too, Dave, because the thing that a lot of people don't realize is I guarantee at least 80% of the dirt guys are still building their cars right now for right. the season. Right. So any time they have right now is dedicated to building their car. I mean, in fact, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I... I'm still at a bare chassis right now, and I race this month. Wow. I race on the 25th. Wow. So for them to expect a lot of drivers out there right now and crew, it it's going to be a tall task. I mean, yeah. maybe at the uh, if it was earlier in the year or, or whatever, because a lot of us were waiting for parts. I'm still waiting for a lot of parts. Right. It, it's a lot more difficult to get dirt guys out there for events like that. Um, but I wish, I wish more would because it does need some help. It, they need help down there. They really need everybody to to pitch in if you're able to this weekend. I believe David Tanner said he was going to start to be there at 9.30. Yeah. uh, And just stay as long as you can uh, and and just try to help this track get groomed up so we can go racing. Well, and I appreciate he allowed everybody to listen to our show and then drive out there. So that was was nice of him um, to do that. But uh, you're you're absolutely right. That's what happens when there was – are they going to have a track? They're not going to have a track. Are they going to have a season? Who's going to be running? All that stuff. And, you know, I mean, it took time, you know, but time is of the essence. And so now at this point, you know, you need people to get the cars since you have the car count. Uh, but uh, you do have an open practice uh, today uh, starting a down uh, down in Vado Speedway. Next week you've got the, the you know, Friday-Saturday event for the uh, winter meltdown. The 300-lap Enduro is going on today over at Alien. Um, so there's all kinds of things going on, uh, and uh, Legacy Speedway, you can go ahead and mark your calendars for an April 1st to open, but uh, a lot of other things going on uh, that we'll cover uh, a little bit later in the show, but we're going to talk to uh, NHRA, we're going to talk to Susan Wade on the other side, uh, because believe it or not, in Gainesville, Florida, next weekend, NHRA, NHRA gets their season started, so they've got a long season too. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. This is Kyle Arnn. I'm the number five DL1 Camaro for Hinton Motorsports. You're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Swope on ESPN Radio, 1017, the team. ESPN Radio 1017 The Team with David Swope, the fastest radio host in the West. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halpers Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here's David. All right, welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Um, and uh, next week uh, and weekend, starting March 9th through the 12th, uh, the Alame Motorsports NHRA uh, Gator Nationals. Did I just mess that up? 
Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I, bet, well, hey, I bet Susan would know. Yeah, hey, and, and so joining us is uh, Susan, Wade, Susan Wade with uh, Wade Productions. Hey, Susan, did I mess that up? It's Emily. Emily, Emily Oil. Okay, well there you go. Well, well, thank you for coming on this morning and uh, and clarifying that for us. But uh, first off, really <laughs> exciting. Um, I mean, it, it seemed like forever. Um, and now we're back to drag racing. Uh, tell us a little bit of uh, what you're looking forward to uh, see in uh, Top Fuel. In Top Fuel, well, you know, I think everybody is still thinking that Brittany Force is going to be the one to beat again. You know, she she won even after the recent points in Indianapolis. She still dominated everything. And Steve Torrance came in number two, and and he 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 was number two by. 260 points behind Brittany. So wow. That, that's, well, no, that, you know what? That isn't true because, because Antron Brown was number two, so I don't know why I said that, but she, <laughs> they were all goofing up this morning. That was 62 points over Antron Brown, but, but it was, it was, you know, she dominated, you know, and, and they're all expecting that. And she's feeling the pressure already, she said the other day on a Zoom call with, some NHRA folks, and so it's, it's it, that's pretty interesting that you know nobody everybody says they had a mediocre to, at best test session this this preseason. So that's kind of interesting. I thought that nobody said, "Now we're going to come out with guns blazing." Maybe that's maybe they're sandbagging. I don't know. But <laughs> it, I but, mean, do you see a lot of sandbagging? I mean, at that level, even. Oh, there's probably some, some because people don't want it. They're, they're hedging their bets. Like, well, I don't want to look like an idiot if I brag that I'm going to be good, you know. So, so, well, there's, there's always game playing in probably every sport, I guess. But, um, we saw some, we saw some guys come on strong at the end of last year. And Antron, I already said Antron, he started way back. I mean, I think he was 13th or 14th or something. And he, he by the end of the count, he was number two. You know, wow. so that's pretty, that's, that was pretty amazing right there. And his first year as a team owner and then Austin Proc got in, he got into the countdown on the, on the perfect attendance rule as opposed to actually performing in the top 10. Wow. And he, and he knew it and he felt very, um, insecure about that. He went out and won the first race of the countdown, which is six races and he won the, the final. So and he finished third in the standings, and he he started out the countdown like in tenth, so or eleventh or something. So yeah, that's pretty I amazing. Think it was 10th, but. but you also mentioned um, first time uh, owners. I mean, Ron Caps was able to uh, um, come away with the championship in his first year as an owner. I know, isn't that bizarre? Yeah. I think that's. I, I think it's great. It's great for him now. He knows he can do it. But but he said he's. He, we had a we had a conference call with him yesterday, and he said. That what motivates him is the fear of failure. Mm. He's won up teen races. He's second to John Force in in all time wins. He's got three championships, and he still fears failure. I thought that was that was pretty insightful. You know, so he sounds a lot like John Force himself. Yeah, well, and I do think that that motivates a lot of a lot of people more than. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later about um, Kyle Busch and Kyle Busch. Um, uh, is unhappy uh, unless he's winning all of them. Um, almost, <laughs> almost greedy about it, which uh, you know ends up getting a lot of fans against you. Um, even though I, I, I can't say that uh, that um, Ron Caps um, has more fans than John Force. 
I mean, and, and John Force always has a smile and is always laughing um, and, and just seems to be having such a great time. And to, to still compete at the level that he competes at his age, it, I mean, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, John is probably the most unique person I've ever met in my whole life. And I've covered a lot of sports as well, not just motorsports, but he is definitely an interesting study. You know, he, he does put on a happy front. And I think he is genuinely, like, in his element when he's at the racetrack. But but he has all kinds of insecurities, which is sounds weird, but that's probably what has motivated him to win 16 championships and, you know, 154, you know, events. So I guess, I guess maybe there's some value in, in a little, a little bit of healthy fear. Well, and if you want to, you know, learn anything about drag racing, learn, you learn from him and how much time he spends, um, just on reaction time. Um, and that, that would be one of those things that you would think, you know, with age that, that would get a little slower. I mean, I know it, it takes me longer to come up the stairs, um, every Saturday morning um, than it did just ten years ago, but but going to be a, a great battle in Funny Car when you consider um, you got Hyde Caps and Hagen all with uh, three titles and wanted to fight that out. Um, do you see uh, see one of them coming away with the title, or do you think uh, Cruz Pedregon's going to slip in there? You know, I have I have been a big proponent of Cruz Pedregon in the last couple of years because he, here's a guy he's, he's pretty savvy. You know, and when you think about it, he won a he won a funny car championship for the first time in 1992, I believe it was, and he was a, that was his first year in the class, which he wasn't a rookie in the sport, but he was that was a was the first time in the funny car class, and and that's mind boggling right there that he dethroned a two time champion John Force at that point. So, and then then it took him till 2000. Eight or whatever, I can't remember what year he won them. But it was, it was like, you know, years, decades later that he won another one. But now he's got the, kind of got his dream team as far as the crew goes. And he's got Lee Beard, who's been a, you know, a, an outstanding tuner for, you know, a long, long time, helping John Collins and Rip Reynolds and that crew. And he thinks, he thinks it's finally coming together. And I, you know, he doesn't, he's not streaky. He's just real steady. And I think now he's got the team. I kind of, I kind of look for Cruz to kind of mess the, up the big three, the Cap Hagen and Height. But, but Robert Height, man, he's, he's mad. <laughs> <laughs> they always, they always, you've heard these racers, they always say, oh, I'm out there to hurt people's feelings. Well, Ron Cap's really hurt Robert Height's feelings because he beat him for the championship by three. Points. Yeah, and, and and Robert had like eight victories, and he led the standings most of the year. And at the last day, Ron Caps comes up and grabs the championship by three points. So Robert's ready to go. That's fantastic. And then I I do love um and and I was reading your article, which I invite everybody. Uh, New Mexico Motorsports Report magazine just got in town yesterday. Um, they're starting to be distributed, so keep an eye out. Um, and you can go back and uh, and we had uh, Susan laid out, you know, kind of uh, a nice preview. And I wanted to, I had to chuckle when we started re- when I was reading about the pro stock um, and Eric Enders, just her her domination. But she referred to this group of the kids uh, that are coming in. I mean, talk a little bit about the kids. Yeah, that's that's the funny thing is that is. 
Okay, let's come back up a little bit because in you know like three four years ago, people thought the you know the the postdoc class was done for the account, you know, right. and, and then all of a sudden you know KB Racing, which was Greg Anderson at that point, and Elite Racing, which Richard Freeman, they enemies on the track, but they they kind of got together and they 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 really rallied and lobbied for the class and all of a sudden just a lot of people started coming into the class and including um Kyle Koretsky, Aaron Stanfield, Dallas Glenn, who ended up being rookie of the year, now Camry Caruso, you got Mason McGay, these kids are all under twenty five, you know, or maybe they're around twenty five. They're they're young. I mean, in a class where Oh, and the, and the quarter boys, Christian and, and Fernando Jr. So all of a sudden we're seeing some young blood. And, 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 but it's come down to the veterans versus the kids instead of, you know, instead of just two people or whatever. It's, or, or the same old people type of thing. And, and it's kind of, now it's kind of funny. Eric Anders is now considered one of the, right. one of the old people, you know. So that's, that's funny. So I don't, I, who knows? I mean, Elite has eight cars out there, so that's half the field. So it's, yeah. I would think maybe somebody from Elite might win, but you never know. I mean, KB's pretty stacked up, too, so... Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's going to be an exciting season, and uh, we appreciate you having uh, you as a part of the team and being able to uh, to bring us that inside information on it. Um, and definitely uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. But the uh, the magazine is on the stands, and you can pick it up now. Thank you for uh, coming on this morning, Susan. Thank you for having me, and, and I will tell you that there's a little bit of fear on my part because now my predictions are in writing. So <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the year, you can take me to task on how wrong I was on everything. These guys will these guys will turn it all around on you, but that's the fun. We'll, we'll follow them all year. Well, and I'm I'm going to tell you, uh, I mean, if you went back and listened to all my predictions, there's one guy that could really be mad at me, and that's Denny Hamlin. I picked Denny Hamlin to win a championship ten years ago, and he still has not done it. So, uh, so don't worry, you're safe here. But uh, thank you so much, and uh, um, and have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. All right, and so uh, Susan Wade, Wade Productions. Uh, she's also a writer for Auto Week, um, and uh, uh, she's doing a monthly column for us on NHRA. So make sure to pick up your copy of the New Mexico Motorsports Report magazine. Out there free, on the counter. All right, on the other side, we're going to talk some more drag racing. This time we're going to go no prep. Uh, joining us will be Paul Fields. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. Hey, race fans. This is NASCAR team owner, Coach Joe Gibbs. You're listening to David Swope on New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio. 1017 the team. Hi, this is Al Lindsay, four time winner of the Indy 500. You've been listening to David Slope of the New Mexico Motorsport Report on ESPN Radio 1017 the team. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. 
now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Hewood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halberts Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here is David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. And uh, great information on uh, NHRA. Um, and now we're going to go to that other phenomenon. I mean, basically, uh, no prep racing. Uh, Bounty Hunter 7, no prep nationals. Joining us now, Paul Fields. Uh, first off, congratulations on your runs last night. Oh, thank you. It was a uh, it was a wild evening for sure. <laughs> well, talk a little bit about kind of the uh, uh, the no prep phenomenon and a little bit about uh, how the Bounty Hunters works. Um. So no prep racing again. You know we've been doing this for so long. You know they don't prep track. There's no tire prep. There's no sticky stuff. Uh, basically, they really just drag it and sweep it. Um, and really, the dragging only comes in if there's like an oil down or something like that. But uh, um, you know it's it's true no prep racing. They don't uh, do anything to the track. And bounty hunters, this is the seventh year they've been doing this stuff. Um, and Winter Meltdown is also at number seven. Uh, but they got, you know, the weekend where the, the car count's a little light this weekend. I know that a lot of people had trouble getting here either due to tornadoes or snowstorms oh, or, yeah. you know, just, yeah, just a bunch of weird weather stuff. I know Sean Wilhoyt had a tornado come through Thursday night and he was getting ready to leave. And I guess there was metal buildings and roofs and stuff scattered throughout his front yard and he was getting ready to sell his house. So he had to stay home to clean that up. Wow. Um, so there's only four or five cars in big tire, and I think they have a full field of small tire cars, but, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, the weather, the weather kind of messed a bunch of stuff up. I know Lyle wasn't able to make it to March meet because of the snow, and mm. so, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it was definitely an interesting evening last night. There was lots of, lots of craziness going on. We went, you know, a couple rounds, um, there was a pretty nasty accident last night, um, mm that uh, kept us there a lot later than we wanted to. So, And, uh, Paul, this is Spencer Hill. Uh, interesting enough, one year ago, I was at Penwell Knights Raceway, so I got to experience this event for the first time. Uh, and no prep racing is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen, just because the atmosphere that's there. So many people have so much excitement rolling into this weekend. As you said, big tire, a little light this year, but the small tire class uh, last year and this year, both really, really strong. Can you just talk to us just a little bit about specifically at Penwell Knights Raceway? What makes that track so difficult? Um, I don't really necessarily think that it's a, really a, a difficulty type of scenario. Um, you know, small tire racing is inherently you know harder as far as getting down the track, but it's a lot easier on parts. I was in Josh Kahn's pit last night, and we were kind of going over, you know, the differences between big tire and small tire, um, and just basically at the hit, when you leave the start line, it's a lot easier on parts because there's a lot less mass that you have to turn to get the car off the starting line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think small tire racing is it's more, it's more fun uh, as far as, you know, Having to, I mean, no prep racing, you have to drive the car, period. It's just the way it is. You know, you don't have the traction compounds and the, and the, the adhesion that you usually have at a track like, you know, that's prepped. So, you know, the small tire class, it's a lot, I guess a lot more entertaining, uh, you know, again, because like I said, you have to drive the car going down the track, but Pinwell is, it's, it's one of the best tracks that I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of tracks. 
Um, but Gary and the guys down there, they're always very welcoming. And, you know, like said, you were there last year. I mean, George and all those guys, they had a great time getting on the track. Um, you know, George was pulling wheelies off the starting line. Um, so that just goes to show you Friday night tracks usually, you know, mediocre at best. Uh, but even at winter meltdown last year, the track didn't come around until Saturday. The track came around last night, uh, rather quickly, but it's also a lot hotter out here. It's almost 70 degrees right now and it's only 930 in the morning. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Especially when, I mean, it was, like you said, snow, wind, and they had a little bit of everything, but, uh, uh, just looking at, at your, uh, your light times, uh, your, uh, you know, 0. 0.05, 0. 0.03, 0. 0.06, 0. 0.04. Um, I mean, how fast do you need to get down the track if you're going to have that kind of reaction time, bro? Right. Well, that double that double o five was a was a shocker to me, especially when I got down to the to the to the to the tech shack and saw the the time slip because they don't do you know the stuff like other tracks do. They post everything at it's all on one slip, so you have to go over there to check it out. But I don't know. Like I said, I was on, I was on the reaction the reaction time. The uh, reaction times last night, it was uh, um, it was a little eye opener because you know I've never really been very good on a full tree. The pro tree, I'm usually you know okay at, but yeah, I was I don't know, I was just it was it was a it was a good night last night. We were having a lot of fun, um, and unfortunately, like I said in my Facebook post, uh, I took a little bit too much of uh, at the stripe against John Michael Stevens and went a six ninety one on a seven zero. Um, but we, you know, we pulled timing out of it. We pulled nitrous out of it, and it just, it, for some reason, it keeps going faster. So we're gonna have to figure that out this morning. <laughs> well, that, for sure, for sure. Well, talk talk about the Maverick. I mean, you, you know, you worked on, you brought it back um, last year, and uh, maybe the thing just wants to run, dude. Well, for a car that sat in a shop for five years, it was in a fire. Um, it was almost completely destroyed. And, you know, it runs, it runs great, and uh, you know. I don't know. I'll have to talk to Josh when we get the track and see if there's something else we can do. But, you know, like I said, I keep pulling timing and power out of it, and it just keeps going faster. But, again, the track came around rather quick, quickly last night. So, um, you know, the set, I ran a 724 off the trailer, and then I went a 710, and then I went a 701, and I just figured that it was going to be somewhere around there. And I knew I had uh, Stevens covered, and I whomped it three or four times right at the end of the track, but it was just uh, I was too far ahead of him. So, you know, for somebody who hasn't been bracket racing on my own, you know, for a very long time, you know, I've been around bracket racing my whole life, but I was more focused on the kids program but the juniors that I never really, you know, took the time to, to figure out what I was doing. And now, you know, I'm having to, to learn it rather quickly, but, you know, baby steps were getting there. Um, but yeah, I went four rounds last night. That's the most round wins I've ever done in one weekend. Uh, so, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself. Um, and of course my crew, my wife, Jay and Andrea are out here, you know, doing what they can to support and help me. Um, unfortunately, Andrea got a little sick, uh, last night from, uh, something. I don't know if it was the all subs we had on the way out here or what, but she's, uh, oh, no. she's, she's, wor- she's working on it. We're over at Walmart getting her some, uh, some chicken soup. So hopefully she, she feels better soon. Um, but we're going to be headed out to the track here in a while. I know Josh, uh, from Taos had some issues. He went to go do his burnout last night and something popped. Ooh, ooh. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. We thought maybe the mag moved or something, but um, they uh, they started working on it last night. So hopefully he got everything figured out. Um, and then Gordy never got to make a pass last night, but um, uh, that was more because that car wrecked and it took 
a little bit over an hour to fix it. He hit the wall head on Ooh. under power and folded that wall over like a taco shell. So they had to push it back up. And, oh. and yeah, it took, it took a few, it took a little while to clean that one up. Wow. Hey, well, thanks for joining us this morning and, uh, look forward to, uh, seeing some pictures and everything from the event. Um, someone wants to, uh, follow you and see what's going on this weekend, uh, with the race. What's the best way for them to connect with you? So of course, Flow Racing is you know the 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 media partner, or coverage partner for for bounty hunters. Um, you know that does cost some money, but I know other uh, racing pages on Facebook are covering. You know, like I said, they won't show big tire and small tire, but uh, um, Dragzine and all those guys will usually do like a couple live videos from there. And unfortunately, they have cell blockers, so I can't go live. But I'm always oh. posting updates and posting videos and stuff to my personal Facebook Facebook page, which is Paul Fields, and then Bucky's Media Works is always posting something. Cool. Well, thank you, man, and uh, and good luck. Thank you. All right. Uh, Paul Fields, uh, you can definitely uh, check him out um, on his Facebook page. And, of course, I already paid my flow, you know, my flow racing. I mean, I, you know, I always pay my annual, you know, yeah. at the shootout. So I'm, I'm good. We could go check that out. But yeah, what was absolutely. Your thoughts? What was your thoughts of, you know, last year when you were uh, when you were there? Well, you know, no prep is a really interesting Phenomena, like you said, yeah. because to me, it, it's yes, it's drag racing, but gosh, it is so different from the traditional track that you would see uh, normally here on a Saturday night. Because yeah. it is, it is so much more technical. I almost kind of think of it as um, whenever they drag a track and they prep a track, that's almost like a tacky track, and it's just hold on and, and try to nail that light. Whereas you know, if you're trying to think of it from a dirt track perspective, no prep, it reminds me a lot of dry slick racing. Right. Where it, it's you're a lot more touchy on the throttle, eggshells, you got to get it down the track as straight as you can, um, and there's a lot less room for air. And it was interesting to me that Paul said that he didn't think that this track was that difficult because although I've never been a drag racer, I've never done a no prep, there was a lot of wrecks last year too. Yeah. And so to me, I, I just figured that this track would be difficult for drivers because here we see this wreck last night. I, I saw a couple of wrecks last year, and, and I didn't know why. But I, I think looking back now, last year was a little bit more windy, oh. so a lot more uh, just debris on the track, a, a little bit you know less grip, especially on the, the closer to the line, the last half of the track. So uh, interesting perspective from Paul Fields. Really appreciate him coming on the show this morning and talking to us about it. Uh, great event, and if you can catch it on flow, definitely recommend it. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to talk some Formula One, IndyCar, uh, a little Kyle Busch on the other side. A little rowdy. You've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the team. This is Errol Walker, three-time NASCAR champion, and you're listening to David Quote on the New Mexico Motorsports Report on ESPN Radio, 1017, the team. Hey, Albuquerque, this is Joey Logano, driver of number 22, Shelpenzo Ford, and you're listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report with David Slope on ESPN Radio Albuquerque 1017. The pit stop is over. Let's return to the New Mexico Motorsports Report on Facebook and at nmmotorsportsreport.com. Now, back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report, presented by Deerwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halpern's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here's David. All right. Welcome back to the New Mexico Motorsports Report. 
here on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. And uh, i got to tell you, um, I think everybody needs to start looking out for uh, for Kyle Busch. Um, you consider that he's won two races since we were last on the air. So I think everybody uh, needs to needs to hold on a second. But uh, hey, first let's uh, let's have uh, some of his words after his win um, in California last week. Well, Kyle Busch getting the helmet off. Kyle, the well documented move to Richard Childress Racing. You've been up front every time you've been in this car already. It only took two points races till you get your first win with these guys. Yeah, coulda, shoulda, woulda, right? Last week, but um, no, I, I think it's just phenomenal. It's. Um, I can't thank Richard and Judy enough. I can't thank Austin for calling me and, uh, and getting me talking and getting me this opportunity to be able to come over here to RCR and be a part of Chevrolet and um, you know, be able to race this Lucas Oil uh, Camaro today to be able to put it up front like that, man. The guys did a great job. Randall, uh, everybody that uh, has worked so hard during the offseason. We've done a lot of sim stuff. We've done a lot of testing uh, in general just with um, you know, trying to get up to speed systems and all that sort of stuff but man there's nothing more rewarding than being able to go to victory lane so uh want to give a shout out to my wife and son and daughter back at home i miss you guys i'll see you tonight and then um you know also rowdy energy appreciate them i need some three chief for my hands man i death gripped that wheel throughout the uh the second half of that race but um we held on man we got it today well i mean there's the Kyle bush and i think that uh i think now that he's got a lot of fans in the stand i mean uh you know, not to uh, not that I want to uh, do any, you know, say anything that I shouldn't be saying. Now you're putting words in my mouth. Good job. <laughs> so I'm um, so uh, you know, so you go you go from that, and he was, you know, I mean, there was mixed boos and cheers, you know, um, in the crowd there, and then of course uh, last night uh, puts on a another dominating race, uh, at least in the second half of the race, uh, or I should say, in the third segment. Uh, we got some audio from that. Just thank you guys. Thank all the fans for coming out tonight. Rowdy Nation, getting loud. It's a lot of fun to uh, just race in the truck series. I appreciate that. You know, it's an honor to just be able to come out here with KBM, my own team, and have some fun and just kind of work on our stuff and, and always make sure that we've got good stuff. So um, can't thank all my guys enough, everybody at Kyle Busch Motorsports, everybody at Rowdy Manufacturing. Uh, Billy Blue's on board with us here today. Uh, if you need a used vehicle, check him out. Uh, he's got a couple locations in the south, but... Um, you know, a lot of great memories with Billy, but uh, another great memory here in Vegas. Um, whole new group, and uh, still winning, so it's fun. Of course, it's fun. See, now he's getting back to being himself, right? You know, there was there was a little wedding period, a little period right there. Um, I do think that one of the big winners in this whole deal will be Austin Dillon. Um, we didn't have enough time for me to go back and pull from the rowdy movie. Uh, basically, we just threw Junior under the bus about him. You know, with a silver spoon in his mouth. Um, now he's like right next to Austin. You know, um, I, has he apologized for things like that? But uh, you, you just came across something really interesting, and I'd, I'd like to share. We're gonna, we're gonna try and actually play it off of uh, Spencer's phone. Uh, but uh, it sounds like he reached out to Elliot to give him a little bit of advice. Yeah, we're gonna try this. I'm not sure if it's gonna work, but some other stuff. But I told Joe, we all are are human, and we all should be able to live life. You know, and not just be locked in a room. With bubble wrap, you know, our entire time trying to be a NASCAR driver, we're only allowed out on the weekend, you know. And I feel like I got a lot more leverage at JGR when I got hurt in a JGR car, you know. I was always racing late models and some other stuff, but I told Joe, you know, when he was always like, well, don't go do that stuff. We don't need you to get hurt. Well, I got hurt in his car, so I had a lot to say or a lot of power, I guess, after that fact. But anyways, um, you know, I, I texted Chase earlier today and just, you know, told him, and hey, 
uh, I've been there before. I know what you're going through. Call me. I'd love to talk to you about, um, you know, the process and what it's going to be like. I know the doctors in Charlotte, if you want any of those guys, the, the therapist and, and the rehab guy, the team that I had, um, they're fantastic. So I, I know he's in good hands uh, with Mr. H and everybody over there. But um, it's I being through injury a couple times, I like to kind of hear how different people go about their rehab and what their processes are. And even I talked to Hemrick last week, as a matter of fact, too, with his knee Mm -hmm. and just kind of told him about the stuff that I did because, I mean, remarkably, I made it back in 11 weeks, right? So um, I don't think Chase's injury will be that long. My foot is actually what kept me out of the car the longest, not Mm -hmm. my leg. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I do believe Chase is going to be out for at least a month. Wow, there. Okay, so you hear from Kyle Busch, so you, you know, and he thinks he's going to be out a month. But, uh, but which which Kyle Busch are we dealing with? I mean, we dealing with Kyle Busch, the 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 older brother, the wiser brother. Uh, we dealing with Kyle Busch that you know it's that that simmering. You know, I mean, every once in a while, the the real Kyle Busch is going to show up. But what are we dealing with, Spencer? I think we're dealing with a Kyle Busch that is about to experience a complete. 180 turn in their career, much like Kevin Harvick did when he went to Stuart Hodders. Yeah. Because, listen, Kyle Busch, he has been in that same situation at JGR for many, many years. What, 13 years, I believe? Something like that? At least 10. And he has not had a lot of wiggle room to be at least expressive in himself. And every time he did, he would get ridiculed for it. Right. They wanted to keep him in a box, but in a box that kept him almost as a heel. Mm. And it, it's interesting to me to see this fresh perspective because everything has changed this year. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's even close to the same was last night in the truck series, him having that KBM truck. The only thing that's really different about it is it's reskinned to a Chevrolet. Right. Different body. Right. It's still same motor, same crew guys, same engineers. Um, and that's where his home is. He loves racing the trucks. And that's why he does so good. Mm-hmm. Here we go to fast forward to today's race, the Xfinity race. He's in the call at number 10. Whole new group of guys. And he was joking yesterday that uh, he had such a bad run in practice and qualifying because he didn't look at the setup sheet. Right. And if he would have looked at the setup sheet, he would have already changed a couple things. Um, and he enjoyed the fact that he had that option to put some input in and do changes of the car. So very interesting. And then, of course, you go to RCR. And not only do I think they're a really, really strong team right now, but you bring in somebody like Kyle Busch that has so much experience with a top-tier team like Joe Gibbs, and you throw him in a good car with a good group of guys, it's going to be magical this year. Well, Very interesting. I'm getting concerned because I'm starting to feel differently. I'm, I'm, very, I'm feeling very worried about it, so um, let's wait and see. So uh, we got some other things we need to cover. We'll we'll definitely come back to that. Uh, but you talk about uh, you know uh, more of the same uh, IndyCar racing at uh, St. Pete's this weekend, qualifying going on today. Um, fastest lap you got the in his twenty third season, forty two year old Scott Dixon. Everybody else needs to be worried about that. Uh, Will Power, uh, defending points championship, uh, eighth fastest. I want to look and see uh, you know in the race how. Uh, Rossi going to McLaren looks, and I got it. This is like we talk about this all the time. Uh, great names, Stingray Rob. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard that one. I, I know. Stingray I, I just, Rob. I mean, 
how how interesting and interesting enough, Stingray Rob unfortunately had an incident in practice number two, contacted in the wall over in turn three. So uh, there extensive damage on that car. But yeah, what a name! I yeah. mean, <laughs> if you're going to be marketable in the IndyCar series, Stingray Rob is the way to go. Driving the number fifty-one for Dale Coin Racing, of course. Uh, but yeah, he is. Um, he's going to be interesting to watch this year. Well, my souped-up '56 Chevy pickup, and the only nickname I could get was John Boy. I'm I'm not happy. So yeah. I mean, no one gave me no one gave me gave me a good one. Uh, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Formula One qualifying is done. Uh, Leclerc uh, is going to be on the pole. Verstappen outside uh, front row. Uh, Sice, uh, Perez, uh, Stoll. Look at that, up in fifth. Uh, you've got uh, Russell, Hamilton, sixth, seventh, and then eight. The surprise of all surprises, which was fantastic to see. Uh, Fernando Alonso going over to Alpine, uh, Alpine, excuse me, uh, re- replacing Seb Vettel um, there. And uh, that is a completely looking, different looking starting lineup. But uh, looks like, uh, looks like we, t- I, 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 Talk too much about Kyle Busch. Um, I'm getting the uh, let's get the heck out of here from uh, from Dan. So we'll have to talk some more about that next week. Uh, you've been listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report here on ESPN Radio. 1017, the, the team. team. Thank you for listening to the New Mexico Motorsports Report. Presented by Yearwood Performance, Albuquerque Dragway, Halburn's Truck and Equipment, and Swope Real Estate. Here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Join us daily at nmmotorsportsreport.com and become part of the community. Tune in next week where your host, David Swope, will be talking about events happening around the state and on the national scene. Whether it's got two wheels or four wheels, pavement and off-road racing or park and shine. If you are into it, we are into it.